First up, Colossians 3.23. Now, whatever you do, you work hard at it with your whole heart as working for the Lord and not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. And one of our greatest servants in this church is Pastor Janie Shogren. She's going to come on up right now, and she's going to share. She is, if you don't know Janie, she's absolutely amazing. And, yep. And come on up, Janie. Did you know that she is an author and that she is, uh, they planted several churches. One of the churches that they planted from the ground up was the fastest growing church in the nation at one time, one of the first mega churches. And uh, whenever I go to conferences and like I want to drop names, I go, well, the Shogrens are on my staff, so there. And like, really? Um, uh, Steve and Janie are... Um, they, are, they take credit for it. I don't know if they actually came up with the term, but at least they get credit for it, for the term of servant evangelism. You ever heard that term? Well, they, they're the ones that made it famous, if not came up with the whole idea. And so Janie's going to share a little bit about how to, how to pour out your heart to people that need it and among the other, other ministries that she does, in addition with putting up with me. <laughs> I love working at Granite Creek. You know, we're talking about serving today, and the verse that Josh shared was that, you know, volunteers don't get any pay, you know, physically. But when they do a good job, I always say, double that guy's pay. But, you know. <laughs> and, but you know what? It says that we work for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It's the Lord Christ we are serving. And I serve because I serve the Lord. And you also, God has a tally, you know, in heaven. He's like, you know, docs, he, you know, he's got time cards on us, right? I don't know why he does, but he says, you know, everything you do, I see. Now, all the bad things that you do, repent. Because he does see. But when you repent, you know, it's like, he raises it. All right, but those good things, he does keep a record. He keeps and he keeps a record of our tears too. But some of the things that I work with, which are such a blast, besides kindness outreach, we also I also work with the welcome team, and the welcome team consists of greeters, ushers, coffee team, and info center. And we would love as a great entry level thing. If you're an extrovert or an introvert, it's perfect for you. If you're an introvert, you just stand at the door. Morning. Good morning. If you're an extrovert, it's great because it makes you have very short conversations with lots of people. <laughs> hey, how you doing? How's your day? How you doing? How's your day? So extrovert, introvert, it doesn't matter. A welcoming smile is really powerful. Um, Cheryl Zivrink, we had a little usher team, usher greeter info coffee team meeting Friday night. Cheryl Zivrink shared that the first time she came here, 13 years ago, that as she was getting out of her car, um, Lorraine, who many, maybe old timers might know, um, that was before my time, like ran across the parking lot to greet her, walked her in, and introduced her to three different people, and she sat down, then she already knew somebody by the time she sat down, she'd met people. She said that was so powerful, she remembers it to this day, and that is why she has continued to come here. 
And you can also be that for people. You can be the smile at the front door. It says, greet one another with a holy kiss four times in the New Testament. Now, to me, a holy kiss is a smile, a hug, a warm greeting, looking someone in the face and smiling at them. That is the Christian, quote, holy kiss. So, and, and we can give that. So I encourage you, is a fun story about Cheryl, and I know that there are lots more stories. So the other thing that I wanted to talk about is kindness outreach, which we're going to have October 8th. We're going to have a little workshop. We meet at 10. We're going to go out and do different projects, come back and share stories. So we'll be done by noon, and it is a blast. Um, especially people who are afraid to do it, you will love it. I know Kathy McGarity was the first, one of the first car washes that we did. She's like, you were a little bit afraid to do it, and she loved it. So I'm sorry I'm speaking for you, but, <laughs> but, I, but I do know that serving people is, is as powerful as being the hands of Jesus. We have the ability to be able to say, Jesus loves you, I see you, I recognize you, you know, um, or, or just to basically say, I just wanted to remind you that Jesus loves you. I love to say I wanted to remind you that there's a God and he hears your prayers. Because even atheists pray. And, and God can work on anybody and everybody. But the cool thing about it is, now this little card that we use, it says, just for you, just because. We hope this small gift brightens your day. There are no strings attached. We just want you to know that God loves you. Give us a call as your next need arises. So if you are an introvert, you just go like this and run. And the card does it. And you know what does it? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit runs after the people that we serve. When we're going to, you know, we'll have, we'll probably do a, a car wash, which is a blast. It's a dollar car wash. So after we wash their car, we give them a dollar. And as they're, and and as they're sitting there, like, figuring out, should I give $2? Maybe I'll be generous and give 3 And then we walk up with a dollar and we say, no, 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 we're serving you. It's, you know, we give them a dollar. And I've had times where people just start crying. And right down the street, we, we you know, hopefully the bank will let us do it again in the corner, Indian Hill and Foothill Boulevard. And people are blown away. And then it's such, when you give someone candy or groceries or a cold water while they're waiting at a bus stop, people are so open to, you, to prayer. Is there anything we can pray for you for? We believe in the power of prayer. Or another thing to say is, our pastor makes us get outside the walls and do stuff around the community. <laughs> I like to say that one. Because <laughs> I'm the one making you do it. No. But, but it's great because it lets people know, hey, we do all kinds of things outside the walls. And one of our mottos with kindness outreach is the church has left the building, right? Because we're a go-and-do church, not a come-and-see church. So I just wanted to share that. Um, my last story is the power of handing someone waiting at a bus stop. There's a gal on her bicycle, and she was waiting for the bus on Foothill Boulevard. It was very hot. And... Um, me and a couple other people, we were trying to get ahead of the bus, you know, so we can catch some people at the bus stop. So 
Uh, you can do that on your phone, you know, where the buses are and run ahead of them. So anyway, this one gal, I gave her a water. She said, can I have two? And I said, is there anything I can pray for you for? And she said, I need a job. I'm homeless, and I really need a job. And got to pray with her. Where, you know, in the world are you going to get a chance for someone to open up and share? And people's, the people that you pass by, the fact that you look and you notice, the word in the middle of evangelism is angel. It's angel. And we're not. However, we are emissaries of God. We're just like little hands and feet that just do small things. And we say, is there anything I can pray for you for? I just want, you know what we're doing? We're reminding people there is a God. We're reminding people some people think there is a God. Some people act like there is a God. Wow, what, where's that church? And they ask the questions that we, all, we wish they would ask, right? So, so I can do small things with great love. Can you? All right. All right, very cool. This is Luke 18. The people were also bringing babies to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. Now, when the disciples saw this, they rebuked them. You're rebuking children. I've done that a couple times this week. (laughs) I rebuked my child a few times. But Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the little children come to me. And do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Here's the thing that I've learned about teaching Sunday school, being around kids, uh, my own child, is that they're more spiritually in tuned than us adults half the time. The other time they're throwing fits. But... They can really lean into God like we can't. And the way that we view our kids in children's ministries is they're not the, the future church. They're the church now. They're just, they just haven't grown into their shoes yet. But they can hear from God. They can minister just as well as we can. They can pray for people just as well and be just as effective as us adults. And so I am really excited about our children's ministries and the people that have been serving there. First service, uh, we had the opportunity to hear from Adolfo. Uh, Adolfo and I were in a Bible study, a home group, 15 years ago. And they're very close to our heart. And so we just kind of have that intimate connection with them. Uh, you know, we don't do life with them every day like we used to, but there's the, their family. And Adolfo is the smartest guy in the church if not one of the smartest guys in the city. He is a professor of mathematics at the Claremont Colleges, and uh, he, he thinks about things that would make our heads explode. Yet, and he's, you know, he's a very important person in the colleges, yet he humbles himself for the last 14 years and teaches Sunday school. Amazing. He thought that teaching mathematics to PhD students was hard. Then he started teaching Sunday school. Right here, yeah. And um, he said, you know what? The best way that I, he said this first service, and I just, it needs to be repeated. The best way that I learned about the gospel of Jesus Christ was teaching it to kids. 
So that was his blessing. He got to learn more about God by teaching and by being around kids and playing his ukulele. So that was Adolfo's first service. And now the second service, today we get to hear from Sasha. Where's Sasha? There she is. Come on up, Sasha. <laughs> Sasha also teaches in children's ministries. And uh, she has, I mean, if you, if you witnessed her worship this morning, you know that she runs deep and she has an incredible calling on her life. She actually walks into my office about a year ago crying, and God's put something on her heart. She thought she was going crazy, but she wasn't. The Holy Spirit was prompting her, and then she helped us pull off a very successful uh, prophetic conference, and that came from her heart. And the word, the prophetic word that she got is that she was going to be a leader of leaders, and she led me very well in that season. And I'm looking forward to seeing her lead me in this church and other areas in the future. But right now, she leads kids. And she, again, she humbles herself to serve our kids. And I'd like for her to share more about it. Here she is. Thank you, Pastor Josh. Hi, guys. I'm Sasha Peary. And I, right now, I, I serve in the children's ministry. ministry I teach um, third, fourth, and fifth grade. And um, I've been coming to Granite Creek for six years. I've been teaching for three of those years. And um, in preparing this, it was, I had so much to say, it was so tough. So I'm going to open with kind of like an opening and a closing to kind of give you an idea of why my heart was led to serve um, with children, to teach, to teach children. And um, first and foremost, it's obedience. I'm just going to open it with that. It was a word that I got from God for a while before um, I actually acted on it. Um, I love to serve. I love to serve. I will go clean toilets. And this church for me, it's been that kind of a church. You know, I came here, and this is my opening. I came here because of one of my kids. They happened to be with a friend who came on a Wednesday night because they heard it was so cool. Um, and, and it's so funny how that's actually how I started coming to this church. And this church embraced my family. Um, and one of the things that I'll never forget is that my children felt safe here felt God's presence here, learned his word here, and loved coming here. And um, I was in love, right? You know, I was just in love with this place and, and, and this family, this second family, if not my first family, really, because I feel like we're, we're, we're the body. And um, so I started, I mean, I right away, I was like 101 class, 201 class, 301 class. I served with women's ministry. Whatever, what do you need me to do? Send me, right? It, um, Isaiah 6-8 is always a big one for me. Um, and if you haven't read that, it's, uh, then I heard the, the voice of the Lord say, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And then I said, here am I, send me. And that's always been such a powerful thing until I kind of got into the context of it. And that's where teaching children um, came in. So, you know, I just kept feeling this pull that I, I need to teach. Um, I really felt this, I'm just going to be honest, this guilt, like, you know, God's really in my heart saying, you need to teach Sunday school. And one of the reasons why I was hesitant is I'm just not a kid person. I have three boys, but I'm super militant because they, things have to go, you know, the way I say. Mom is in charge, and they're good boys, and that's just how it is in my house. I'm very blessed. Thank you, God. And, you know, he always, they always say he gives you what you can handle. And in my family, that's been the case. But I think God was challenging me, like, there's, a, there's just, it's just time you need to teach. And so... Um, I was not really, I was hesitating. And one day I'm coming up the stairs and 
uh, Jonathan Santa Maria, if you don't know, Ruth and Jonathan Santa Maria, they actually are the ones who lead. They're the pastors who lead the children's ministry, and they're amazing. And they give you all the material, all the material to study. Um, but Jonathan saw my face one day, and he just said, you're going to teach Sunday school. Yeah, it's you. And I was like, yes, it is. You're right. And that's all it took, you know, to trigger my heart to say, yes, God, I'm, I, you know what? Send me. And, and you know what's really powerful about the rest of this verse is um, if you haven't seen it before, it's a throne room experience, right? Isaiah is a prophet, one of my favorites. He is having a throne room experience, and he's terrified. And a lot of people don't get that, right? The fear of the Lord. They always say, he's such a good father. He's such a loving father. He is. But I don't know about you. I like the fear of the Lord. I like that my kids have a reverence for my word, for me as a parent, for a respect. And they love me so much. I know they do. And that's the way I see my father in heaven. You know, I have some reverence for him. And when that fear of the Lord is in me, I'm going to obey because it is a gift that I'm going to give back. And so part of my thing, too, in not being that kid person was, what, what if I don't know how to approach these kids? I don't know what to do. You know, all the fear stuff or the enemy or whatever you want to call it. But um, in this passage, when he's terrified, you know, one of the seraphs put a coal in his mouth and cleanse, and they, and, he, and they cleanse him right before he says, send me. And I just got that image, and I thought, you know, I'm going to let the Holy Spirit take over, and I'm going to trust God, and I'm going to put my faith in this church that I love so much because I knew in my heart that later on in this passage, you are planting a seed. You know, it says here, of course, I'm going to skip it here, and I'm not trying to be a pastor, but it says, so the holy seed will be the stump in the land. And my goodness, is not our children that holy seed? I mean, I want to keep having families come here and have the experience I first had and say, I love this place because my kids, are, they have a smile when I pick them up. They want to come back. And that's my job. And I will be teaching until, I don't know, I'm 80 years old. And it's because of that obedience and because of that word and because it just it, it encourages me to see these children. One of the last things I'll close with, I'm sorry I'm going too long, is... Um, these kids are amazing, and boy, if you want to see truth, you know, we all come in, and we're like, hi, how you doing? They, you know, you can tell when a kid's having a bad day, and when you hug that kid, and you're like, hey, how's it going? And I'm pretty strict, just because that's how I'm wired, but, you know, it's a strict classroom setting, but you have this relationship, and kids will just be so transparent with you, and they will still get up there and pray when you ask them to pray, and they'll still get up and worship, and they'll still, still, still be excited about the word, and to me, that is the seed that we need so desperately. They are, if I'm going to be a leader of leaders, then those are going to be those leaders that we need in the future. And we need, we need teachers, guys. <laughs> if you've heard anything in your heart that says, you know, maybe I should be serving, I know it's maybe a little scary. Kids are a little, you know, crazy sometimes. But they need us so much. You know, they need us so much. And Jonathan and Ruth provide such an amazing curriculum. But I'm telling you what is the heart of um, Sunday school is when I come and, and, and have my testimony, which is just like, hey, I've been there. I remember when I was a kid. Yeah, I was tired or this teacher or whatever. And they open up. And little Sophia Kapczynski, who's Pastor um, Josh and Mako's daughter, is so anointed. She will get up. She's so fearless. And she will just pray for all of us. And when I see that, I am so blessed. So I hope that if you have any questions, I'll be at the table afterwards. Let me know. Um, I'd be happy to continue to share my experience. So thank you for letting me do this, Pastor Josh. My goodness. You want to preach next week?
something, huh? We'll talk later, Sasha. Matthew 10, 38. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Anyone who welcomes you welcomes me, and anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me, which is the Father. We have a special ministry. Uh, I do it quite a bit, and uh, we need help every once in a while, but Diane Delgado heads up our visitation ministry. And this is, this is such a key ministry uh, for you personally, and you, most of us don't even think about it. But when you get sick and you're in the hospital and you need prayer, we'll come and visit you. We need to know that you're in the hospital, first of all. Uh, we can't read minds, but uh, it, is, it is such a vital thing that we do. And um, it's, it's what Jesus would do. And so, Diane, why don't you come up and share your heart for this special ministry that you head up. Thank you, everyone. Um, I first started coming to this church about five years ago. And just like Sasha said, I, this is my home. I was welcomed here. I was loved here. And about a year after that, I really felt God tugging on my heart uh, for the sick and the elderly. And I knew that's where he wanted me. But, you know, of course, I kind of, you know, put it in the back of my mind, and he kept bringing it back to me. So I called Pastor Josh, and I said, what's going on with the hospital and home visit ministry? And he said, well, let me find out. Why don't you come in and we'll talk? So I went into his office, and he handed me a packet, and he said, here you are. You're the head of the hospital and home visit ministry. <laughs> I'm like, okay. God led me here. He's going to show me how to do it. Um, it's been awesome for me because... I get to show the love of God, the love of Jesus. And that's been the most special thing to me. And, you know, we go and visit the sick or the elderly. We, can, we take them meals. We have a meals ministry. But more important than that is just showing them God's love, showing them that Jesus loves them. And we don't have a huge church, so a lot of times there's, there's no one that's in the hospital or that needs our help. So I encourage our members, I encourage everyone, all of you, there's always someone around you who needs prayer. There's someone sitting here who needs prayer today. Keep contact with those people in your circle, people in your home group, people in your Bible study, people that are at church here and you haven't seen them for a while. Just call them and say, hey, what's going on? Do you need prayer? What's going on in your life? Even send them a text or an email and when you're thinking of them. When God puts someone on your mind, there's always a reason. Send them a text and send them an email and say, I was thinking of you today. And send them a Bible verse or just ask them how they're doing because that's what we want to do. We, it's my mission. I, it's what God put on my heart to show everyone God's love and to, to be Jesus to them, because some people will never see that. We'll never see that at all. And yeah, we can provide, we can pray for you and we can give you food, but we want you to see God's love. Um, I want to give you a couple of, of real life examples so you know that God put this on my heart and I want to bless people, but I've been blessed so much in return. 
um, a lady from church here who I did not know at all. They requested a hospital visit, and she'd been in a major accident. Tina Schubert, you probably know her. She's had extensive surgeries and a lot of issues. And through all this time, it's been seven months, and we started just praying together, and she's been through a lot, ups and downs. And somewhere along the line, I became a friend, and not just that hospital and home visit person going out there to do my duty. We became friends, and we've prayed together, laughed together, cried together, and I've seen her, it's been my privilege that I've seen her grow through this adversity, and she's trusted God. She's become a different person and a new woman in God, and she's trusting God that he will lead her the right way and that he will work all of this for good. And she's already planning how she can give her testimony to other people. And I got to be a part of all that. I got to be a part of all that just from one hospital visit that turned into a lifetime friendship. Um, another example is an elderly gentleman who used to go to church here. It's Linda Hofstad. And sweetest man, he, I started visiting him after his wife passed away, so he was very emotionally fragile. And through the times I visited him, he had health issues and, and later memory issues. And every time that I would go there, he had a huge smile for me. And I looked at it like, I'm going there to show you God loves you. But he gave that right back to me with that big smile. And sometimes he didn't even remember who I was. He didn't remember my name. But he knew me, and I always got that big smile. Um, one of the last times I visited him, uh, we talked and we prayed. And that's another way that I was blessed because it wasn't just me praying for him. He prayed for me. He's prayed for my family. He's prayed for myself, my granddaughter. He's prayed for many times. And so we talked and we prayed, and he was holding on to my hand, and he fell asleep. So after a while, I thought, well, he must be tired. He needs his rest. So I started to pull my hand, and with his eyes still closed, he squeezed my hand, and he said, sometimes I don't know what's going on. Sometimes I don't know where I've been, and I don't know where I'm going, but I know my God. And... I can't tell you how many times those words have comforted me, especially in the past year. I went through similar issues with my own dad and health issues and dementia. And so many times I've thought of those words and they've comforted me. So it's not that I'm just going out there doing a duty. I'm showing you that God loves you. And in return, God's going to show you that he loves you back in many ways that you don't expect. Isn't she the best? Mark 9. Sitting down, Jesus called the twelve and said, Anyone who wants to be first must be the very last. And all, and all the servants of all. And the servant of all, excuse me. He then took a little child whom he had placed among them, and taking the child in his arms, he said, Whoever welcomes these little children in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me uh, does not, he welcomes me, does not welcome me, but the one who sent me. 
And then back in Mark, Matthew 25, it says, Whatever you've done for the least of these, my brothers and my sisters, you've done for me. One of our defining ministries, and this has always been a value in our church for a very long time, has been uh, our, our ministry towards uh, special needs. And again, another person that has to put up with me every day is Jennifer Maglio. And she has such a beautiful ministry, and it is one of our best evangelical ministries that we have in the terms of inviting people to our church and ministering to them. Jennifer, you all ready? Is your team ready too? Come on up. Okay, what a switch. I was so nervous for service because I was by myself, but this time I've got my A-team with me. <laughs> Woo, I'm so proud of these guys. I'm Jennifer Maglio. Um, I, we, my family walked in this church just about 15 years ago. Uh, my son was five months old at the time. My daughter was a toddler. This is my daughter on the end here. And uh, anyway, you know, we love this church. We felt very welcomed. We, we hunkered on down. We were very, very glad to be here, and everything was wonderful. Within that year, I found out that my son had autism, and that was devastating. I, 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 I think that was the most humbling moment because I felt like for the first time I had no control. And I really had to accept and believe that God had complete control, and I had to give that up. And I thought I'd done that, but I hadn't done that yet. <laughs> that was the moment when I hit my knees, you know. So, um, and, uh, and it, it, the, church, the church just rallied around us. I, I couldn't believe the support that we got. We were encouraged, prayed for, loved on, and, um, and we are still here. Uh, back at that time, this is the scripture that I clung to. It's Romans 8.28, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So I was wrapping my head around that. I had been asked to be a Sunday school teacher, and I said, oh, no, thank you. you know, that's good. I'm good. I don't like kids either, Sasha. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. So, so I said, no, thank you several times. And in the meantime, my son continued to get older and older. You know, he was a three-year-old in the nursery, and it just wasn't going to work that way for very much longer because developmentally he was too young to move on, but he physically he was too big. So Pastor Larry Kepchinski said to me, we need to make a way for kids like yours, families like yours. There are families that want to come to church, but they're just not sure how their kids will be supported, their special needs kids. So we did that, and that was the birth of Thrive. Um, Pastor Larry and Josh made sure that we got our own classroom, and we have lots of neat toys. And then the next mission was to find people that would come and love our kids and support our kids and encourage our kids. And we try and do inclusion on Sundays. For the kids that are comfortable, what do we do? We take them out into the main class. These, these girls right here and this young man right here, they, they all help with our kids. They arm wrestle just about every Sunday to be in the classroom helping with our kids. And they're not doing it to get out of Sunday school. They want to be with our kids. They're in there doing one-on-one -on -one games and, and, and trying to encourage conversation and, and inclusion and, and being involved. So um, I'm so proud of this ministry. I, I had no idea the impact it would have on our kids from the general ed classrooms. They love working with our students. Um, anybody? want to say any no they were all full of words earlier but I understand you get nervous up here uh, okay. I guess. 
Um, I've been around the ministry since before I can even remember. I mean, that's I grew up in in the Thrive classroom and you know helping along alongside and uh, you know I always once I learned this I thought it was really interesting that people who don't know Christ very well or not now but it used to be said that uh, when someone has a child with a disability or different abilities it was a punishment for the sins of the parents. And anyone who has ever even encountered a special needs child knows they're more of a blessing on a family than anything, you know. Um, they're life-changing in the most beautiful way. You know, once you, um, once you work with these kids, you, you see the world a different way because they see the world a different way. You know, they don't, they don't make snap judgments. They don't hate. They just want to play, and they just want to love. And it's one of the best ways. <clears throat> it's one of the best ways to learn how to do that, especially if you struggle with that, because they're not going to knock you down. They're going to encourage you, and they need your encouragement. It's not easy for them, and it's not easy for us either. But, you know, you can work alongside them and, and grow together. I could not have put that better. She blows me away. We all did grow as a family, you know, through this um, experience, and we're still growing. And, and um, I would have run screaming had I known what God was sending to our family as far as, you know, the different path we would be on. However, I'm so joyful because of it, and I'm so grateful to this church for the support. And we would love to have you join us. If you would like to come one Sunday a month even, and just hang out with our kids and help us encourage them and grow with us. And, and I promise you will be touched. You will be touched. And you don't have to have any special experience. You just have to have a, a sincerity and a passion in your heart to, to show the love of Christ. And, and accept our kids and want to encourage. And, you know, I think you'll be amazed at how blessed you feel when you think you're there to bless the kids. You are the one that's going to be blessed. So... Dayton, did you want to say anything before we say goodbye? I'm the maintenance man. He's the maintenance man. Yep. <laughs> I'm the one that decides I'm, I'm going to plug in the lights and all that stuff. Yes. yes. Dayton takes care of us up there. He's the guy I've got to, you know, when you need the guy, I call the guy. He's the guy. Thank you very much. Oh my gosh, I'm so proud. Isn't that cool? Uh, we couldn't get to everybody today, so we're going to hear from some more people next week because uh, they, they need to be heard. And I love putting people on display. I think that's how God wired me. I really do. I, just, I think people are just uh, it's an incredible work of art, and they just need to be hung on a wall. And there's a saying... I'm going to write a book on this, I think. But there's a saying that the church is a hospital and not a museum. Uh, it's a hospital for sick people, and we're supposed to make people better. But it's not a you know, museum, a stuffy place. I don't agree with that. I think that it's both. I think it's a hospital to take care of people. But I also think it's a, muse a museum to display people and, and how God's created them. Because you are God's masterpiece. 
and you guys need to be displayed. He's in awe of you. He's fascinated by you and what you can do with your life. He has a bigger plan for you guys than you have for your own life. I hope that you saw that today. Jennifer would have never have thought that she would be up here uh, speaking like this. Isn't that cool? Yeah. So God's got a good, he's got a good, he's got a big plan for you guys. And maybe I'll hang you on a wall someday too. Yeah? All right. If I get the band and ushers to come to the front. Next week, uh, we're going to jump back into our Route 66 series. If you're new, we're going through a book of the Bible every week. So this was kind of a, an anomaly today. There was a break from our, our series. And next week, we're going to be focusing on the book of Jonah. I'm going to be busting out the old flannel board because probably the last time you heard about the book of Jonah was in Sunday school. But it's an amazing book, and I want to encourage you to invite your skeptical friends seriously. We're going to be talking about a story about a guy that gets eaten by a fish and then barfed up on the shore. It's like, how in the world could that possibly be true? So please, invite your skeptical friends that don't believe in God or don't believe that God could do something so out of the ordinary or supernatural. We're going to have a great discussion next week, and we're going to see what God does. And uh, I just want to encourage you to come out to that. And I'm missing something else. Oh, yeah. Okay, and then uh, you're gonna. If you don't have a, uh, if we're not, if we're not on your our, excuse me. If you are not on our email list, you need to be. We're gonna be doing a conference in February. I know it's a ways away, but the tickets go on sale today. Actually, they went on sale this week. But uh, Randy Clark is coming back, and but also in addition to getting Randy Clark, uh, Bill Johnson's gonna be joining him. If you don't know who these guys are, that's okay. Uh, but if you do, the, the tickets will sell out uh, probably quickly if they're not already gone. So you're going to get an email today or another one this week. And uh, we would love for you to come to this conference. I don't really need to say much more about it. But uh, it's going to be an amazing time of God in February. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for gifted people that serve a gifted church. And I pray a special blessing on everybody that has poured out blood, sweat, money, tears, time that have given uh, to this place. And we know that they have all been blessed in certain ways. And God, I pray that right now that you would reveal to them in other ways that they've been blessed, but maybe they've taken their blessing for granted. So I just pray right now that you will show them right now that you are faithful, that you are active, that you are moving in, in spectacular ways. Not only are you moving in spectacular ways, you're also moving behind the scenes. And there's stuff that we don't see, but you are keeping us safe. You're moving us forward and you're out to bless us and advance us. And we receive that in, the, in Jesus' name, God. We just look forward to this coming week. We open up our eyes to you and our hands. God, I pray that we will just notice where you're at and get where you're at and pour gasoline on it. We pray this in your name. Amen.